0: Welcome to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we value using our voice collectively to explore life challenges, including mental health, addiction, trauma, and ways to heal. With our voice, we empower, encourage, and transform lives. I'm your host, Daishika Bibbs, a certified trauma-focused therapist, licensed clinical social worker, and licensed certified addiction specialist. As we embark on this journey together, let's elevate our voice to echo the sound or the voiceless. Today's guest is a certified life coach who holds a bachelor's in health science. She is known to be kind-hearted, a great listener, and easy to talk to. Through her own healing and renewal journey, after a series of toxic and abusive relationships, She has learned the true value of self-love because of her passion to help other sisters who, like her, want to live their best life despite their past tribulations. She started Renewed Sisters. Elevated Voices Podcast would like to welcome Sister Kadasha. Thank you so much, Kadasha, for
1: joining me on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored.
0: The pleasure is all mine. I am so excited to have you on the show. Your work with Renewed Sisters and everything that you are doing surrounding unhealthy and toxic, abusive relationships is amazing. And I just want to take my hat off to you because domestic violence is real and it's out there and it affects any and everyone. That
1: is very true. Um, Very, very, very true. And it's, uh, it's overlooked in a lot of communities, a lot of communities is overlooked. And, you know, domestic violence is defined just as physical and nobody really talks about the verbal and the emotional or financial portions of it.
0: You're right. You're definitely right. To take it a step further, sexual abuse is also another component within domestic violence. And I was reading um some statistics from the national domestic violence hotline and believe it or not they said 24 people per minute will be assaulted sexually abused or physically attacked by their intimate partner that's a lot of individuals when we talk about toxic relationships or unhealthy relationships It's always the female that's the victim. However, there are men included in that victimology as well, and they suffer too. Yeah. I know the bulk of the work that you do is with our
1: fellow sisters. The bulk of the work that I do is with our fellow sisters. And I also want to kind of define toxic relationships because we do tend to go to the extreme of domestic violence and that does need to, uh, the light does need to be shined on domestic violence, but toxic relationships covers friendships. It covers family members. It covers even like your co-workers at your job, your boss. It covers a lot of different situations where you may feel powerless, or you may give somebody power over yourself to the point where you're taking um, abuse in any form, um, you know, verbal, uh, you know, uh, emotional, you know, it, it's not okay. It's not okay for you to have a friend that, um, talks down to you. That's not, that's not okay. That's not okay to have a friend that, you know, you don't, you don't want to bring your boyfriend around because she's making passes or, you know, just different. It's so broad of a topic, um, toxicity that I, I don't always just want to point out like the domestic part of it because people are suffering in, in different sectors um, from toxicity. So I just want to kind of like, you know, blanket it also um, that, you know, toxic relationships are not just intimate partner. It could be family and friends. And a lot of times our family and friends are toxic and we feel guilty if we want to get away from them but it's not, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty.
0: Right. Thank you for defining toxicity in a relationship and it's not just intimacy. Because again, a lot of us kind of head in that direction when we think about unhealthy relationships, but looking at our friends, looking at our families, even coworkers, it can be, but it's really hard for us to pinpoint those things when we are not taught that, and sometimes we don't know the signs of what an unhealthy relationship looks like, and just like you said, someone who is talking down at you, someone who insulting, demeaning, um someone who is shaming you, someone who is preventing or discouraging you to be the best you that you can be, so I in my practice, see a lot of women who struggle with that. When I work with them, some of it ties back to their childhood. Some of it ties back to a loss that they had within themselves, whether it is in an intimate relationship or with a family member or with a friend that they have been betrayed, disappointed over and over and over, that it starts to drain them, but also it attacks their self-esteem. Absolutely.
1: A lot of it does tie back into childhood. Um, I'll delve a little bit, you know, about myself. I didn't come from, you know, an abusive home. I, You know, when my parents started out, they were married, you know, but they had trauma. Each one of my parents had a traumatic childhood. So I wasn't raised in like an abusive situation, but because they were dealing with their own traumas, their relationship was toxic. And, you know, it caused them to have friction, you know, like my father wasn't abusive to my mother, but there was, you know, he had a drug problem and my mom was dealing with that. And then, you know, it caused her to be a single parent. So me, you know, being the child, you don't get all of the love, support, and encouragement that you, you know, need as a as a child, especially going into your preteen, your puberty years, your, you know, going into your adolescent years where, you know, you need that father to say you're beautiful, you know, don't, you know, don't let anyone touch you wrong or, you know, don't let these boys, you know, uh, gash your head up and stuff and teaching you, you know, the different things about womanhood and how to carry yourself and what kind of uh, women to be around, what kind of friends to have, you know, when your parents are kind of like struggling themselves to find themselves, it's kind of hard for them to pour that into you. Right. So they turn to whoever you see, you know, those kind of things. And, and that's just, that's, that's just talking about myself. Right. But there's people that did grow up in abusive Homes as people that grew up in homes that we would deem perfect. They had money and all of that stuff, but their parents still did not pour into them. And that causes self-esteem issues, which allow uh, toxic people to come into their life and prey on them. Right. Or cause them to be toxic themselves.
0: Right. For all of my listeners, toxicity is a learned behavior. We do not come out of our mother wombs being toxic. Someone had to either show us that or we had to witness it with our own eyes, whether, like you said, as a child or even in your adulthood. So as people learn these behaviors, like you said, then they act on them. But If I don't have someone to pour into me and say, hey, this is how you love. This is how you communicate effectively. This is how you agree to disagree. It's okay to express emotions. And when you do so, this is what it looks like. But for our Black and brown people, you can't express yourself like you should. Because if we get too expressive, then we are angry, aggressive. So You know, we dealing with it from all sides and we bottle it up, we keep it in, you know, we sweep it under the rug and we internalize that. As a child, when we're growing up, we learn that our parents are supposed to love us and protect us. So if they're doing it, then I guess it's okay, right? And so then in my mind as a little girl, when I see that, I feel like, okay, well, it's okay for my boyfriend to call me out of my name. It's okay for my boyfriend to put his hands on me, or it's okay for a cousin of mine to yell at me, degrade me. And it's not.
1: Absolutely. It's not. It's not okay. And um, I mean, we we need to normalize saying, okay, that person did not, you know, that was not okay. What you said to me is not okay. I don't like the way it made me feel, but we don't. A lot of times you bottle it up. <laughs> And then you lash out on somebody else, you know. So sometimes you become toxic yourself. Back to the point where you were saying about, you know, you might see your dad yelling at your mom or your mom yelling at your dad because, like you said, men get it too. So we don't want to exclude them. And you think that you think that that behavior is okay, but then you know you have other people on the outside reinforcing it. So it's like, okay. You might tell your cousin, you know, he called me out his my name, you know, and you might be upset about that. Girl, that ain't nothing. He ain't put his hands on you, did he? You know, so then you start to think, oh, well, no, he didn't, you know, and, 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 you know, I guess, I guess be, you know, he, you his B, you know, that mean he love you, you know, <laughs> so then you start to, you know, oh, well, I, What I was feeling was wrong. He loved me. You know, that's his way of saying he loved me. No, that is toxic behavior. That's a toxic mindset. This happens when we are, when we're young. My first real boyfriend in high school was abusive and his background, you know, he came from a a big family, a large family, men, he had brothers and he had sisters and he was the youngest, you know, I used to be like, how can they just sit around and know he doing this to me and and nobody is saying nothing. You know, one time his sister did pull me aside, one of his sisters, you know, one of his older sisters and told me you need to get away from him. But everybody else, it was kind of like normal, even his mom, you know, like to, to, to hear him call me out of my name and to, you know, You know, if it got real bad, sometimes, you know, you might hear somebody say, you know, stop that. Don't talk to that girl like that. You know, but it was kind of pretty normal around his house, that kind of behavior. So women and men, too, need to know what are the signs of somebody who's toxic if they're raising that kind of family. Then it's kind of embedded in them, and what what are you going to do? You can't you you can't change anyone. First of all, it's not your responsibility to change anyone, right? And you know, for your own safety and sanity, sometimes it's best to walk away from that person, right? But we are not saying this. Like this is not the messages that are going out to our young women, to our older women. I got I got clients older than me, you know. Because these are not the messages that they have heard in their life. And just now they're hearing, okay, you need to leave that person alone. Something that we would think, oh, that's simple. Because, you know, it's easy for us to judge. Well, you dumb. Why you ain't leave? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is a, kind of the worst thing you could say to somebody who loves somebody and is hoping that they change, you know?
0: Right. Speaking of leaving, because a lot of people do question, well, why are you still in that relationship? Especially when we're talking about intimate relationship, when you're talking about family, you know, it's hard to leave your family, especially if you're living in the same household as them and you're underage. So you can't make those decisions and being able to, to move out of the home. Speaking about being intimate with someone, I was thinking about at least 13 reasons why women don't leave their abusers and one of the biggest ones is because of the the physical risk you know them being physically hurt but fear normalizing the abuse just like you said you know talking to another cousin or sister and she's telling you oh girl you know he didn't put his hands on you he just yelled at you he you okay you're not in any danger and normalizing that behavior And in return, it makes you think that, oh, you know, this is acceptable. Shame, intimidation, low self-esteem. You know, what if you have a disability? You know, what if you're an immigrant? You know, what if you have children or you have a pet or you truly love this person? And again, not to mention the cultural content, the cultural aspect of, of being in a relationship as well. So you have all of these reasons why. And I didn't even mention the lack of resources and money. Mm -hmm.
1: The lack of resources, money, shame. I wanted to touch on shame because shame is big. This kind of uh, relationship, a toxic relationship, extends to all levels of society, high class, middle class, low class. And when you think about, you know, people pride themselves on being married and having a a nice home and nice things and 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 they you know they show up to church and it's appearances you know you you know you you go to the you know the ball and you you know or you go to a dinner and you know a lot of people they are that couple where you know people envy them but you don't know what that woman or that man is going through at home, when they walk through those doors, right. a lot of times they don't want to leave because they don't want to have that stigma of, you know, that was a good man. You know, this is what we was taught. This is a good man. He a good provider, you know, so why he get a little drunk and and, 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 and yell at you a little bit. You know, you got to be strong. You know, these are the things that we hear as as women. We hear that from women in the church. We hear it from our family members. We hear it from, you know, friends, people that we uh, look up to, people that we confide in, we may confide in for help. I'm a life coach, so I, you know, if I if I get those kind of clients, I like to have resources. So I, I tend to be on calls where, you know, there's faith leaders and, you know, like domestic violence, like conferences and stuff like that. And It was alarming some of the stories that we were hearing from women who said they went to their pastor or they went to the first lady or they, you know, they mentioned it in their prayer meetings and was silenced. You know, that's a good man. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to bring shame to your home and, and, and stuff like that. So shame is is amongst one of the top ranking reasons that people stay in toxic relationships. I think that all of the reasons
0: that I listed earlier, literally, they go hand in hand. They feed off each other. You are not the only person who have shared stories, especially when it comes to the church and how someone reached out and they were silenced. But what about in your own home when you are a young girl and you're reaching out to your mother? or you're reaching out to an aunt or sister and you're trying to confide in them and they don't have the necessary resources or the knowledge base to say, you know what, I see the red flag. First of all, sometimes they don't even know what, what the red flags are and you should get out. Going back to what you said, that shame factor. Oh my God, you know, such and such, they broke up and oh my gosh, now she's single. Oh my gosh, you know, I want to know what what happened. And then you actually having to go to that church or you having to face those individuals day in and day out and the judgment that they place on you. And
1: also the protection. Like um I've coached in situations where the man and the woman went to the same church. They had the same friends, you know, you share your life with someone so people are intertwined, and it's like when you break up, you lose a lot. You may lose your place of worship. You may lose your friends because, you know, now it's you choose not to say the reason because you don't want to make him look bad but or her, or, and maybe they want to slander you. So now you look like the one. So it's so much pressure, and it's so many just as, as, as many reasons as there is to leave, there's reasons to stay. Even though it, it's a bad situation, you know, you tend to look at these things or there's also statistics that says it, it, it takes up to seven times for a person to leave. So you might try to leave and you see all of these different things that you weren't prepared for. So it causes you to go back. Very. Right. I
0: wanted to point out something that you said about losses. Because they're real and they can be big. Losses with status, losses with friends, losses at a church. And sometimes, depending on the situation, if you have to move away, it's my home, my neighborhood. So not only am I in this toxic relationship, if I have to move away, these are the losses that I will face. And sometimes for people, if they weigh it, they're like, you know what? I might as well just stay. But you and I both know that there are other things, better things out there. And the person may not see it at that moment. It's hard. Yes. And it's very discouraging, but you can heal. You can go through that process
1: and find yourself. And a lot of times that's what it takes. That's what it takes to be able to give up those things. And, and, you know, that's part of the reason why I started Renew Sisters because there are things that people need to think about, you know, before they make the moves. And you, you need to think about these things because they're going to help you heal and they're going to help you along the way. So if you count the costs, You know what I'm saying? Before you walk away, if you say, okay, I'm going to miss him, okay, or her, I'm going to miss them. I might not be able to talk to my sister-in-law because that's his family, you know, and even though we're close, I'm going to have to cut her off, you know what I'm saying? I might not be able to go to this place of worship anymore. I might not be able to frequent this restaurant anymore because that's his favorite place or that's her favorite place. If you know these things already, you can kind of begin to say, okay, I'm fine with that, but I could do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you have somebody to bounce those ideas off of and help you see, okay, well, okay, you can't go to that restaurant, but there's others, (laughs) you know? Or, you know, you might not be able to, go to that place of worship but how about you know quietly being at home you know or in the shelter or wherever it is that you are going and reading your bible and you know connecting with the most high on another level you know you need someone to give you that that other perspective that there is life after this you know and um when you when you have that it makes it easier it's not going to be easy but it makes it easier to know what I'm feeling is natural I'm crying I miss them but that's normal because I was with this person such a long time and I love them but they're no good right it could be a friend yes I used to pick up the phone and call her and tell all my business but and it made me really feel good but it didn't make me feel good when two of my other friends call me repeating the business that I told her that was not, that did not make me feel good because I told her in confidence. So even though I love her, she was one of my good friends. She's toxic. I cannot, you know, continue to tell her things. So it helps you to kind of navigate and learn yourself a little more and the things that you were doing to kind of uh, allow the behavior so that's a reason why I did start Renew Sisters because I realized, you know, I didn't have anybody to talk to. <laughs> right. Uh, When these things popped up, it was just like, you know, I didn't give myself any options. So it's like, okay, find something else to do.
0: That's why I admire you so much because there are a lot of resources out here, but to have a place that is safe Where you can find someone in your same ethnicity, your same race, who may even share the same spiritual aspects of their lives, to have that, that's like one in a million. And to say, hey, not only am I the founder of this amazing establishment, but guess what? I walk that same road. I know what you're going through. And I can tell you that things can get better. And let me show you, to have someone like that in your corner, like you said, I know you didn't, to have that, especially if I have absolutely nothing and I'm starting over, that can make or break you.
1: You are absolutely right. And I've started over so many times. I'm starting over right now. (laughs) I'm in my starting over. I'm in another starting over phase right now because sometimes It takes a little while for you to break those strongholds and those patterns. And especially in the moments where you get vulnerable and, you know, tired of being single and it's just, you know, like, well, this guy, you know, he asked for my number and maybe I should just, you know, go out on a date. And you just know, no, this is not a person, but you're lonely. So you continue to talk to that person. But, you know, this is not the and, and 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 I like to be real with my sisters because we know sometimes we a lot of the time we know I could say, OK, my first relationship, I was naive, <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. know, when that person don't make you feel good. You get that feeling in your gut that you don't need to be with this person or you don't need to be around this type of person. You can't really be yourself because everything you do is, is uh it starts an argument or it, it, it makes them upset or whatever. So you change, you're constantly changing yourself and, and you're living a lie. You need to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times we're not honest with ourselves. We are not loving ourselves. We're not taught to love ourselves. We're taught to tolerate everybody else, but when it comes to us, it's like, uh, I, I guess I deserve it, you know, right? So I encourage people, like to get to know yourself, get yeah. to know the things that you like and you don't like, even if the person is not calling you out your, your name or you know, going to the extremes, if they make you feel weird, then don't be around them. <laughs> you know? It's okay. Yeah, one of the things that I
0: teach. In my therapy practice, is not only love yourself, but for individuals who are in toxic relationships or leaving a toxic relationship, I always say to them learn to date yourself, learn what you like, get to know you. Because if you get to know you and happiness is within you and you love yourself, you're able to set boundaries you're able to identify your limits and you're not settling. And that's what a lot of us women do. We settle. For me, my personal experience, I was married and I got a divorce and I went through that period of, oh my gosh, you know, it would be nice if I had a male friend to go out to dinner with, go watch a movie with. But then I thought to myself, well, Am I just going to allow anybody into my space? And if that happens, how is that person behavior affecting my mental health? So for the longest, I was like, I'm not dating anybody else. I'm focusing on me. And my homegirls, they was calling me up like, oh, I got you a blind date. I set you up with this fella, girl. He fine. I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. And they said to me, well, how long is it going to take for you to get back on the horse? I said, as long as it takes, yeah. <laughs> because it's my life, right? It's my life. And I want my life to be a good one because I deserve that. You know, I, I deserve that. And I deserve
1: to be happy. Thank you so much for bringing up that topic of dating yourself and getting to know yourself because it's so important in the healing process oh my goodness I would go into a restaurant and be by myself and order a meal and be perfectly fine you know um some people like well people looking at me and they're gonna be like that lonely old poor soul. so so what and this is what we got to get over the people looking at me and thinking this and thinking that who cares what they think how do you feel right. Where 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 do you want to go you want to go to the botanical garden go you want to go to the zoo go you want to just go sit in the park and drink a latte go I am so right cool with being by myself right now And 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 another thing it does like you said earlier it helps you set boundaries And it makes you okay with saying, no, I don't have to accept a date from you. I don't have to give you my number. You know, I could, I'm the prize. Right. So I can look at you and be like, no, you're not really what, you know, I'm not feeling that connection or whatever until, and that's how you want to attract your husband because You're not just putting your energy out there to any and everyone. You're not giving out desperate energy, what I call it. Right. You know, you're no no longer desperate because you're you're cool with being by yourself. And that helps you to heal and love yourself even more because it's like, no. And then when you say that, no, it makes you feel good, you know? And it's not that you... Or high on your horse or anything but you just know what you want you don't present yourself like that you don't want somebody like that you're not just going you're not you're not in no longer in the mind frame of well i could change him you starting to love yourself it also helps when that man does come into your life because he sees that you got your own stuff going on you know you want to watch football okay that's cool i don't like football i'm going to the park you know what i mean like you have right. your own life. You have your own things going on. And, and that's what you thats what you need to be whole and healthy as a person. You need to have your own things going on. You need to know what you like. You need to know. Uh, these are the things that you need to know about yourself and discover about yourself. Yeah,
0: you're right. You're absolutely right. And Kadasha, for all of the listeners out there who may be in a toxic relationship, who is thinking about leaving or scared to leave, do you have any positive advice that
1: you would like to share? Assess your situation. If it's really bad, if he is physically abusive and you are afraid for your life, you may want to plan it out. Start looking for domestic violence shelters and, you know, call the domestic violence hotline. If it's not that bad, it's just somebody that you know, you and him just cannot, or you and her uh, just cannot be together. You may want to start counting the costs. And what I mean by counting the costs is counting your losses. Okay. Y'all might share a space together. Instead of uh, the hassle of trying to put that person out, you might have to leave yourself. So what's that going to cost you to, you know, move out and get your own space. Even if it's a room, you know, you might have to go back to your mom. You might have to go back to your dad or or whatever, start counting the cost of what, what it's gonna look like for you to walk away from this person. So, my thing is plan. Don't be hasty because that increases your chances of going back to the situation because you did not fully think it through. Don't speak to your friends. Don't speak to your family members. The ones that are saying, oh, girl, it ain't that bad. And, Stuff like that. But if you have somebody that's already, that's already been told you, look, that brother or that sister is not for you, you know, and they're willing to help you. Yes. Accept the help. Definitely. You need people in your corner. Speak to a professional. There are resources out here. If you have the funds, hire a life coach, hire a therapist, hire somebody. That you could talk to and say and bounce your ideas off of and they will give you some ideas.
0: I agree. And listeners, just like Kadasha said, if you are in a relationship where it is dangerous and you are fearing for your life, there are resources out there. The National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-SAFE. So 1-800-799-7233. So don't be afraid to reach out. If you are nervous about calling the hotline, it's okay to reach out to a professional. It's okay to reach out to a trusted friend or family member, someone that you know who has your back. If it's not and you are safe and it's just a situation where it's toxic and you need to leave, plan. You know, weigh the cost and then execute whatever plan that you need for yourself. Kadasha, if listeners want to reach out to you, if they want to hire you as a coach, if they want to know more about you in Renewed Sisters, how can they reach you?
1: Um, you can go to the website at www.renewedsistersllc.com. You can also email me at info at Renewed, and that's R-E-N-E-W-E-D. Renewed and sisters, plural sisters, LLC.com. I'm on Facebook, Renewed Sisters, LLC. So those are the ways that you can contact me. Well, listeners,
0: there you have it. Kadasha, will be waiting to hear from you. Don't hesitate. Reach out, guys. Kadasha, thank you so much for being on Elevated Voices
1: Podcast. I enjoyed having you here. Thank you so much for having me. I admire your work, and I just encourage you to keep going and elevating voices. Thank you so much. I know we go elevate, elevate, elevate.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we enjoy using our voice to share information which promotes growth and change never feel like you are alone join our elevated voices podcast community at elevated voices underscore on both instagram and twitter stay tuned to bi-weekly episodes wherever you get your podcast if there is a topic that you would like me to cover or if you have questions you can send me an email via my elevated voices podcast facebook page and remember don't forget to let your voice be heard